3: Going down. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I am your host, Ramses Ja. And sometimes the amount of stories that make their way to us means that we simply can't cover everything that comes our way. But from time to time, a story just stays with me, and I feel compelled to share it with you and give you my thoughts. And now, one more thing. All right, so... You know that I have certain things that I just need to talk about, And this week, I have to preface what you're about to hear with a disclaimer. Um, I will be anticipating in today's conversation uh, speaking to lots of internet trolls. So uh, what we're gonna what we're gonna listen to, is uh, Don Lemon in CNN Anchor. He's uh, talking with a woman named Hillary Fordwich. And basically, uh, the, he's asking her about, um, you know, since the Queen's death, um, the conversation of reparations has come up. Um, and she has some interesting thoughts in a very, very interesting way of distancing uh the colonizers from a shared history by all accounts um and really sort of muddying the line and uh it's it's very interesting so let's get into it
2: some people want to be paid back
3: and uh, and members of the public are wondering why are we suffering when you are you know you have all of this vast wealth those are legitimate concerns
4: naval men died on the high seas, trying to stop slavery. Why? Because the African kings were rounding up their own people. They had them on cages, waiting in the beaches. No one was running into Africa to get them. And I think you're totally right. If reparations need to be paid, we need to go right back to the beginning of that supply chain and say, who was rounding up their own people and having them handcuffed in cages? Absolutely, that's where they should start. And maybe, I don't know, the descendants of those families where they died in the high seas, Trying to stop the slavery that those families should receive something too, I think, at the same time.
2: It's an interesting discussion, Hillary. Thank you very much. I appreciate it.
3: Okay. So now you see what I mean. Um the capacity of conservatives to conflate issues is astounding. And uh My hope is that Don Lemon simply ran out of time because obviously there's a lot that needs to be added to that. You know, that's a very, very one sided view of um, a 300 plus year history between Great Britain. And, you know, I live in America, so I know that version of history um, and the African continent. And again, uh, conflating the blame, uh, you know, the beneficiaries, et cetera, is um, it's a very limp-wristed approach to addressing s- slavery and the legacy of slavery. So we'll talk about this today. Again, I apologize in advance because I have done my best to anticipate what folks might say on the Internet. Um, which is not necessarily the reason you tune into the show, but I'll do my best to be as concise as I can.
2: So um, one thing that jumps out at me is that she thinks that you should go back to the supply. If you're searching for reparations,
3: so I'll make a couple of points right now.
2: Um the foremost
3: fundamental, foundational economic principle of supply and demand
2: is that supply follows demand. So to say, oh, we need to go back to the supply starts the story in the middle rather than at the beginning. Um, it's... Again, a way of distancing herself or really the, the history of her
3: people from their responsibility, the atrocities that they committed, right? By saying, oh, we need to go back to the supply. No, let's let's figure out what the demand looks like. You know? A thought experiment that um I pondered discussing today is um let's add one more word to this uh scenario. Let's add the word sex just before the word slave, okay? Because that's something that for the most part, everyone who is a decent person has enough empathy to uh, imagine what the implications are, what the responsibilities are. When it's, you know, just people who are black in Africa, you know, the world has conditioned its people you know, we we should we should be specific. Um A handful of very wealthy and privileged white men in our history have created the world overwhelmingly in their image right before everyone's eyes. And so lots of white men, especially. Who were born and live now. Um, are beneficiaries of it. And, uh, so a lot of those people who have racist ideas and racist tendencies have it honestly, you know, they didn't learn to value themselves over other people. And they'll say that they don't. Um, but it's very difficult for them to empathize, to understand, to have any additional perspective because they were born into a world that just kind of favors them. Um, and this is something I try to bear in mind when I deal with you know, people who are on the Internet, you know, it's like kind of like Father, forgive them, but for they know not what they do. Um, but yes, you know, there are. Uh, there's a there's a history there that is very much. Problematic. So the word sex we will introduce the word sex just so that it adds a layer. That allows it to be more approachable to people who cannot appreciate the full value of the word African. Okay. So sex. So let's have an imaginary scenario. Let's rewrite history a bit. I want you to follow me. Um,
2: in Africa, there are sex slaves. Okay. Um, this is wrong. There's no one that would say it's not wrong. Okay. Um,
3: and to give you a little bit of uh, context why there are sex slaves in Africa, um, let's say that warring tribes rather than committing genocide, mass slaughter of the opposite tribe, they would take in the people of the, the tribe that they had conquered and those people would become sex slaves. Right? Again, this is an imaginary history. Um, But they also knew that they could themselves be the victim of another warring tribe and ultimately become sex slaves themselves. Right. Give me out. So this really reflects the origins of slavery, real slavery in the real world. Right. Now let's say some foreigners come to Africa and these foreigners have guns and they have, you know, uh, things that you know are useful to to Africans that have been developed elsewhere in the world and Africans can trade what it is that they grow there locally and these foreigners also find out hey you guys have sex slaves could we buy those sex slaves they're not illegal where we're from which by the way for anyone that wants to respond bear in mind that just because something is legal or rather not illegal doesn't make it right, but I'll continue. Let's say for instance, these folks come and they say, wow, you have sex slaves. I'd like to buy some of those sex slaves. I think I can turn a profit on those sex slaves in my home country, Great Britain, the uh, Americas, wherever else, uh, you know, South America, the islands in the Caribbean, etc." cetera. Um, Thereby giving birth to the transatlantic sex slave trade. Um, and then the people in those countries purchase the sex slaves. Okay. I'm going
2: to, I'm going to stop this. Okay. I just want you to think. Okay. Now who all's wrong here? Okay. Yeah. Selling a person is an awful thing to do. Okay. And that is
3: the extent of the crime in Africa, um, owning a person, uh, denying them their identity, their language, their humanity. Um, you know, the slavery, as, as I've mentioned on this show before, slavery is something that has existed uh, since the beginning of people, right? And we as a species have had to evolve beyond that. Um, so that means all of us, every part of the world, every corner of the world, right? has had to evolve beyond that. But the slavery in the Americas especially was a very uh, specific type of slavery. Um imagine someone saying you you know you cannot pray to your god. I remember seeing a comment and someone was like, well, you know, some of the other slaves weren't you know considered people, mm, not in the same degree, not to the same degree rather than uh, Af- African slaves in the Americas. Um and again, there was lots of different things put together that made American slavery very different, which is why American slavery has a very different legacy. But um, I'll move on now that you perhaps can empathize a bit more, that we've changed the word
2: African to the word sex, okay? So now I'm gonna make my points. Um, Again, in Africa,
3: uh this woman um Hillary Fordwich she says you know let's go back to the supply then she made a comment at the end saying like 2000 soldiers died trying to remedy what you know their ancestors uh started um and they they deserve reparations too completely glossing over the fact that reparations was paid
2: to slaveholders in great britain and in the americas Okay. That's why these countries went into debt. So imagine that her asking, well, these families need some money. Okay. Hmm. All right. So um, let's go back to supply. Slave ships started coming to Africa
3: once a month and they would visit different ports along the African coastline the west coast of Africa, because they needed to fill up their ships. This is economics, right? So slaves became the main export for a while, again, to follow the demand. And, you know, these tribes warring against each other, going to battle, you know, this is the thing that happens, again, throughout all of humanity. um, We're given horses, weapons, you know, you name it. So that they're thinking they can protect themselves from being enslaved by selling the people that they've conquered as slaves. Okay. So again, left to its own devices, Africa would have had, you know, its own path to walk absent the European influence, absent the um, desire to uh, avoid manual labor, the uh, greed or uh, capitalistic greed, we'll call it. Um, Africa w- would have been left to its own devices and would have followed likely the path that many other places around the world followed um, in terms of how do they deal with human beings, right? What happened once the slaves left Africa was very different, not to mention Africa itself entered into
2: agreements with countries white countries um european countries and were exploited and robbed
3: and you know uh, uh treaties violated and land uh taken by force and, and on and on and on this this list goes which is why africa is largely in the state that it's in today some african countries can never get out of debt based on laws imposed or conditions of loan terms, or because those countries owe reparations to European countries. Again, I've said this before on the show.
2: It's interesting how Africa has the world's wealth. The, The oil, the diamonds, the gold, you know, the land, the people, there's a
3: billion people, and Africa is so poor. There's a reason for that. There's a reason the Native Americans almost, almost don't exist anymore. You know, people think that Native Americans were like small in number. No, they're small in number now. They were on this continent in the United States, coast to coast, big cities. You don't know that, but I do. So, again, the frequency of slave ships coming, uh, the demand, if you will, is really the source of these uh, transatlantic slave trade and Hillary Ford, which, uh, failing to mention that really casts a different light on how folks on the right will view the slave trade. They really, really like that talking point. They really like that Don Lemon said nothing or that he ran out of time. They love that. They're like, yeah, that's right. You know, go back to
2: Africa and get your money. Okay. We'll get there. So, um,
3: Another thing that I want to mention is that in the tribal Africa, uh, if you were a slave, you entered into a tribe, um, you were a servant, you know, things that we know, um, you took on the name of your the, the people who owned you, which is, which is similar to what happened, you know, in the US and, you know, Britain, the colonies and so forth. Um, but you were a soul, a an individual. Your children were not born into servitude, you know? Um, many times you you would be free upon your ma- master's death. If you outlived your master, you'd be freed, um, upon their death, right? So again, it's, it's not the sort of thing where, okay, when I die, all my slaves are going to transfer to my children, you know, that sort of a thing, you know? Um, you had the ability to write yourself in future generations. There weren't systemic, uh, oppressive systemic systems in place to privilege one group of people disproportionately and, uh, adversely affect one other group of people
2: disproportionately, right? Um, and another thing that I want to mention too is that, you know, let's look at who benefited from slavery. Let's look at who still benefits from the legacy of slavery. Okay, if we're talking about reparations.
3: So, if in fact it was the um, sort of thing where uh, Hillary Ford, which was saying was 100% true, which I, I get why it's such a juicy argument because, you know, uh, if that were possible, then obviously we'd be all over it. But as I mentioned, a lot of these countries fell to,
2: uh, foreign powers They were taken advantage of, wiped out. Um, Let's talk about
3: the, uh, Dahomey tribe. Okay. The Dahomey tribe was the most, um, prolific of the slave trading tribes, right? Um, there's a movie, The Woman King, um, that talks about, uh, you know, these people. Um, so just to give you a little bit insight, but there's a little bit more history there, a lot more history, in fact. So. Uh, the way the story of the Dahomey goes, the H- Dahomey Kingdom, is that they were conquered by the French over territory, right? So, um, if I, we black people,
2: wanted reparations from the Dahomey Kingdom, well, they don't exist. But the French do. And the Dahomey Kingdom does not benefit from the legacy of slavery. The French do. And
3: if the Dahomey Kingdom was around right now, absolutely we could go to the Dahomey Kingdom and say, hey, reparations are due to these conquered tribes for these uh, injustices, human injustices
2: committed, these atrocities. And we could go to the French and to the British and to the Americans. But the Dahomey don't exist anymore. Again, the kingdom was wiped out. The French
3: came with big guns and took what they wanted, as is common in history, when, uh, unfortunately, our Caucasian brothers and sisters show up to new lands, and they bring along their guns, and they bring along their diseases, and take what they want. All right. And rewrite the history, oftentimes, uh, so that they don't look as bad as, you know, uh, as we know that it was. Now, I'm not the sort of person that holds that over the head of, you know, white people. I realize that this stuff happened long before I was born. Um, but I do recognize that these le- the legacy of these things, if we're going to address them, let's put everything on the table. Okay. I have no problem saying that Africans sold Africans into slavery because it's true. Okay, I'm not going to make a religious argument. I'm going to make a moral argument. Okay, If we understand that there was something that needs to be remedied, if we can see the legacy of it, if we can see who benefits and who still suffers as a result of it, then there's we should be compelled morally to address it appropriately. Um, and again, Hillary Ford, which is argument suggests that, you know, we should start at Africa. And even if the Dahomey kingdom or any of these other kingdoms are still around, it's such a cop out. It's akin to saying, so imagine, imagine yourself, let's say you work two jobs, okay? You work for me and you work for your next door neighbor, okay? And your next door neighbor. Um, hasn't paid you your money yet for a completely separate, separate job that you've done, right? And you come to me and you say, uh, you know, hey, Ramses, um, I did my job. You know, you benefited, It cost me my time, and I would like to be paid now. If I were to say to you, well, you know, I- I'm not going to pay. You need to go to him first. If he pays you, well, wait a minute. Why do I need to go to him? Well, you did work for him. He hasn't paid you yet. Well, no, I, I did my work for you. I'm talking to you. You
2: <laughs> uh,
3: entered into this arrangement with me. It's a separate thing. You know, you owe me the
2: money and you'd be absolutely right. And I would be wrong. As is Hillary Ford, which is argument. Saying, oh, you
3: need to go back to the to the supply. Again, I went to business school. I went to business school two times. I have a master's degree hanging on my wall. I, one thing that I know, (laughs) supply follows demand. You create the demand and then you'll get a supply.
2: Okay.
3: And then the more, the moral argument,
2: uh, speaks for itself. You know, um, if, if you are seeking
3: your compensation, um, you should get compensation from both areas and one should not be tied to the other. Okay. In other words, if Africans sold Africans into slavery, that is, you know, one government, if you will, governmental body that has committed an atrocity. And if another country allowed and encouraged and supported and, you know, supplemented and,
2: uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, subsidized <laughs> uh slavery
3: and we can still see the legacy and the benefits to overwhelmingly a certain group of people that look a certain way and we could see the adverse effects to another group of people who look a different way um but we can see the slavery and we can address it then one outcome should not be tied to the other again you had the uh, analogy yourself if you did two jobs for me and your neighbor your your payment for me should not hinge on whether or not your neighbor pays you okay and if you agree with that then there's your
2: equivalency i don't believe it to be a false one um so i i think that adding more elements to this
3: conversation you start to see that you know this sort of thing is much more complicated than well you should just go back to the supply and give those 2000 soldiers that died on the high sea you know it's it's much more complicated than that um and it would be nice if our brothers and sisters on the right who are often white and see the world through that lens um could see beyond, you know, their own limitations, but, you know, it's up to us to kind of have these conversations and, you know, we'll get there together. You know, one of the things that I try to do is leave a little bit of room for, um, you know, people to be wrong, people to make mistakes, people to say the wrong thing, um, have a little bit of grace, understand that we're all human beings and we're trying to learn our lessons. Um, I'm 40 years old. There's a lot of people a lot older than me, but I am their elder in that my people are older. Our story is older. And I try to think that, okay, this is a young people. They have a lot to learn. And these are my sisters and these are my brothers. And I try not to let things get to me. But also, I mean, you know me well enough to know I wasn't going to let this lady get that off. So I'll leave it right there. And um, as always, if you disagree or if you have anything to offer, please. Hit me up. I'm on all social media at Rams's i love to hear from you. If you say something compelling enough, we'll put it on the show. And we'll talk about it some more. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll get there together. All right. Until next time,
2: y'all. Peace.
3: This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show is produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I'm your host, Ramses Ja. on all social media. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast.
1: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through.